Now let's just posture ourselves to receive. Let's close our eyes. Let's open our hands as a symbol of just receptivity of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we um, say yes to you tonight. We, we invite you into our, um, into our lives, into our spirits, into this room, into the spaces that we occupy. Holy Spirit, we just pray that we would um, just be able to co-occupy them with them, that you would be present in us. As we're present in this space together, Holy Spirit, we, um, we just recognize you and we say yes to you and your ways. God, transform our thoughts tonight to align with your thoughts. Thank you for the transformed mind and the transformed heart that already exists inside of us. And Holy Spirit, would you just um, continue to reveal those things in us, continue to show us what it means for us to come into alignment with the full nature of who you say we are in Christ tonight. God, we pray that um, those who have come into the room tonight unloved, that the love of the Father would just pour over each heart. God, for the people who come in here and have places in our lives that aren't uh, full of peace, Holy Spirit, we just say peace tonight. We invite you to bring peace into our lives, into every as aspect and facet of who we are, every bit of our being, God. We just say yes to peace in our lives tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is present with us tonight. We thank you that we celebrated that last week and pray that it would continue to be uh, just a salient reality for us that's right there on the tip of our minds and our hearts, that we are people of the resurrection. And so God, we just say yes to everything that you want tonight. Fill us with your joy, God. Let us smile with you as you smile over us. Let us dance with you as you dance over us. Just illuminate in us the depth of how you feel about who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, we've been going through the spiritual gift series for the last several months, and we continue on. Two Sundays ago, the Sunday before Easter, we talked a little bit about evangelism. So we've started talking about um, the, the five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And two weeks ago, we began that journey talking about evangelists. And the thing that we talked about was looking at aspects of what it means for us to be people of evangelism, for us to be evangelists. We looked at some of the things that accompany evangelism in the pages of the Bible and the, the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. And we kind of came to this idea that evangelism is a demonstration of heaven leading to a saving and transforming encounter with God. So evangelism is not just you and me going out and talking to people about stuff. It's not going out and convincing people to believe what we believe. True evangelism at the heart and core of what evangelism is, is a demonstration of heaven leading to a saving and transforming encounter with God. Evangelism is a spiritual gift and it necessitates our intimacy with God, and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in and through us. Radical life transformation and the, fa the fashion of salvation is not a mental ascent. It's not believing something new. It's a radical transformation that happens in the spiritual realm that is a transformation of the mind and the heart, and it moves us into a place of pursuing altogether different what we were pursuing before, which is the heart of God and intimacy with him. 
And that, that doesn't simply happen by us convincing people of something. That happens because we are people who are carrying heaven with us and people through us have an encounter with the reality and bigness and immensity of who God is in his heart. And so last week we looked at three ways, three things that we carry in the supernatural as we step into the fullness of evangelism. Those three things being this, supernatural speech, supernatural culture, and supernatural signs. And what we learned two weeks ago is that I had way too much content. So all we talked about was supernatural speech. And it's this reality that there is immense power in the message of Christ crucified. But you and I are not simply meant to go out and preach Christ crucified by our own power or strength. But that salvation comes through the Holy Spirit and therefore the speech that we go out, the presentation of the good news of Jesus is accompanied by the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us in the midst of the people that we encounter. As we looked at Paul, Paul in his letter to the Corinthians said, I don't just come with you with wise and persuasive speech. I come to you with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul was all about the power of words. He loved language. I love language. God loves words. They mean so much and they contain power within them. But it's not simply that you and I would go out and convince people of things because we're good at talking. But rather, Paul's desire and God's desire through us, and hopefully our desire, is that people would have a deep encounter with the power of God, not simply the power of our persuasion. And so we looked at that. We looked at Peter standing up at Pentecost, and it says, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, preached. And the things that he said were empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was speaking what he heard the Father speaking. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. God was speaking through him. He had supernatural speech. And as a result of that at Pentecost, thousands of people came to saving faith. And that's what it means for us to truly have supernatural speech in the context of evangelism. So tonight we're going to look at this second thing, supernatural culture. And we've been promoting online that we have a big special announcement. And that will come uh, as we move toward the end of talking about supernatural culture. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 tonight, two specific passages related to this concept of supernatural culture. We're going to start by working backwards. We're going to look at Acts 2:42 through 47, which is a really popular passage as we talk about the nature of the New Testament church. And it says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we see the demonstration of a radically different culture as people live in intimacy with God. He informs who they are and he informs how they live in relationship to one another. And as a result of living in the fullness of the intention of God's people and their lives together, there were those who were added to their number daily. And for me, as I look at this passage and all of the things that they were doing, the apostles teaching, fellowship, eating together, performing miracles, having everything in common, serving the poor, meeting in the temple courts, I come to this idea. A supernatural culture of worship is the key to effective evangelism. A supernatural culture of worship screen is the key to effective evangelism. 
It's not just enough for us to go out and talk to people about Jesus. Our effectiveness in our life with God is the direct, direct result of intimacy with him. In every spiritual gift, it's, it necessitates that we are a people who live a supernatural life of intimacy with God. Out of that flows worship, and worship in our culture is the key to effective evangelism. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, like 10 years ago, or more than that, I was at a passion event, and it was the second passion event they ever had, and it was in a big field in Texas. And there were like 40,000 college students who had all driven from all over the country and converged in this field in Texas. And it was 24 hours or a day full, like sunrise to sunset or something, of, of worship and singing and preaching and praising. And I stood there in the midst of that, and I thought to myself, one of the most evangelistic experiences that anyone could have who doesn't know Jesus is to experience the power of worship that's happening on this field right now. And I believe the same is true for us. I think the same is true as what we read in Acts 2, 42 through 47. These people lived lives of intimacy and worship. It set the foundation for a supernatural culture. And there were those who were daily being saved and added to their number. Two of the things that we talk about in this context of supernatural culture um, is one, one uh, building a culture of honor. Nathan talked about it a little bit ago when we honored Rachel. Our mission for 2015 is this, to disciple and commission each member of City Beautiful Church in their spiritual gifts to serve the church and the world as part of a culture of honor. And what does that mean? We've talked about it a few times. What does it mean for us to live as a culture of honor? It means that as we go through this journey together in spiritual gifts and discover the Holy Spirit and test stuff and try things out, we may not always get it right, but we're going to honor one another. We're going to care for one another. We're going to say yes for one to, to one another. We're going to believe the best about one another. We're going to support each other and lift each other up, encouraging and challenging and equipping one another. We're going to care for one another, especially when it's difficult. And it means that we honor one another by seeing the Holy Spirit working and active inside of the people around us and calling out those bigger realities about who God is in us. It means that as we step into things that may be sticky or difficult, that we continue to press through with one another and come to the other side closer to God and closer to one another because we haven't given up on one another. For us to build a culture of honor means that we build a culture that embodies the characteristics and quality of Jesus, not only in our lives as individuals, but in the way that we treat one another and relate to one another. And how we treat one another is a testimony of God's power and presence among us. I think there is a direct correlation to the amount that we are cognizant of and attentive to the work of the Holy Spirit in us and around us and the way that we treat one another. If we treat one another like garbage, chances are we're not really attentive to God's presence around us and what he desires for us as a people. There's a direct correlation between the, the, the presence of God and our recognition of it and how we treat one another. And that's what it means for us to have supernatural culture. People look at the early church and people look at us and they say, do they live individually and collectively the same way that I would live somewhere else? Or is the presence and power and character of God manifested among them. And when the presence and, and character of God is manifested among us, we truly are living in a supernatural culture. 
Because the world isn't looking for one more place to be rejected and loved conditionally. We encounter that every day, everywhere we go. But if we were people who embodied the unconditional love of the Father for one another, what does that say about what the Holy Spirit has truly done in us as he's transforming us to be more like Jesus? We embody the character of Jesus and the way that we love one another. The way that we love the stranger, the way that we love those who are new, the way we love those who have been rejected, the, the, way we, the way we love those who have been loved conditionally, their whole lives based on how they perform. Jesus has received us with his unconditional love, and he's demonstrated that love and that he laid down his son's life for us, and now we embody the love of Jesus for those around us in our church and those in the world outside of our church. And as a result of the power of our love, people see the presence of God in us, and it's irresistible. So not only do we want to embody supernatural culture by being a culture of honor, but we also want to be a culture of serving. Again, our 2015 mission is disciple and commission each member of City Beautiful Church in their spiritual gifts to serve the church and the world. God has gifted us with spiritual gifts, not only so that we would find the fullness of what it means for us to live in our created and intended purpose, but so that we would be a gift to those around us and the way we serve them and the way that we work together to see God do the things he wants to do. And this is still an area that we're growing in and we're continuing to build. But the first thing that we've stepped out in this year in 2015, related to serving the world around us is something that Nathan talked about earlier in the announcements and our relationship with the human experience. So Nathan Smith, along with some other people, created the human experience last year, which is a school. Last year was only sixth graders. And they were elementary school teachers, and they were recognizing that the students that they were teaching were about to just kind of be thrown out into the world and left on their own. And God stirred in them a heart to say, continue to care for these kids. And so they had big faith, and they didn't know how it was all going to happen, and they stepped out and they did it anyway. And it serves as an example to us of people who are obedient to God, and because they're obedient to God, they're willing to step out into big things that are way beyond them. And there is story after story after story of how God has worked in their midst, and how God has shown up, and how they've seen him, and how he's working in their lives, and how he's working in the lives of those students. Well, they continue to step forward into big things. Next year, they're adding seventh grade. So it'll be, just, it'll be not just sixth grade, but sixth and seventh grade. And all of this to say, God was stirring in Nathan. And as he was stirring in Nathan, we as leaders just said, hey, we feel like God is saying, be part of this. Step into this with them, support them, work with them. So Nathan um, Hatton, who gave announcements tonight, um, mentioned that there's a couple more spaces for people to, um, to be part of their lock-in that's coming up this Friday night. Just encourage you, if that's something that you have space for in your life or something that God would be calling you into, to investigate what that might look like, to be part of that and love those kids well, to take the culture that God is cultivating among us out into the world and be an example of what it means to truly love. And we're continuing to explore more opportunities for us to be a culture of service. And not only are we going out and we're serving and we're partnering in specific initiatives with the human experience, we also give um, 5% of our budget as a church to that because we want to put our money where our mouth is and we want to say we believe you and we support you and we do that to the extent of we give up a portion of every dollar that's that that is part of our budget that um 
that we give part of that to you because we believe in what you are and we want to support you in what you're doing. And we're continuing, again, to explore what it might look like for us to step into more of that. So a supernatural culture is a culture of honor and it's a culture of serving. And I think that as we look at these concepts, as we look at the way the early church lived, we come to this idea that the greatest ministry of the church is to embody the sacrificial love of Jesus and the care of the Father for one another. And as we love one another well, it is an immense testimony to the world around us of the love and care of God for them as well. So let's look at another example of kind of supernatural culture. This is at the beginning of Acts. So we're actually moving a little bit before Acts 2.42. We're moving up to Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 6. And this is the story of Pentecost. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem. there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And again, we, what, what do we see here? We see a people who are devoted to intimacy with God. They gathered in an upper room. They prayed. They worshiped. They had a culture of worship. They had a supernatural culture. The Holy Spirit, Spirit showed up in their midst and bedlam broke loose. The Holy Spirit was working in power, and people came to see what was going on. And that's where we see Peter, that we mentioned before at the beginning of this, when we were talking about supernatural speech. Peter stands up, full of the Holy Spirit, delivers a message about the, the sacrifice of Christ, and thousands of people come to know Jesus. Another example of supernatural culture, a culture that's built on worship, that led to an immense harvest of souls. And, and what do we see in this is that we see, yes, evangelism is about going out, but evangelism first begins with who we are individually and who we are together. And that's what's exactly what's happening here, because this, this I think is the key to all of this for me. A heavenly culture is inevitably irresistible. When people encounter heaven, they can't say no because all of us are made for heaven. When we embody love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, etc., 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 we embody the way that God created all of humanity to live, all of creation to live. And there is something in, inside of us that finds heaven irresistible. Paul, when he was walking on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus. It blinded him. He had a blinding encounter with Jesus. And Paul could not help going on the way he lived before. Instead, he was converted. He was transformed as a result of the encounter that he had. And that's what we see accompanying evangelism over and over and over again in the New Testament. And there is no difference. No, there is a difference. What I was going to say is there's no difference between what was available for these people in their, in their supernatural cultural lifestyle than what's available to us. But I'm going to retract that statement. And I'm going to say there is only more available to us yeah. 
Because we are living in an age in which we are moving from glory to glory as day by day and time goes on. More of God's glory is accessible to us. And as a result of that, we have the ability to step into a greater revelation of what heaven is and a greater revelation of supernatural culture for the sake of the advancement of God's agenda, which is heaven on earth. And so you and I have the ability and opportunity to step into supernatural culture. So can we just agree to do that? Yeah. All right, great. Let's, let's put a button on it. All right. <laughs>